Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Truth Produces Freedom podcast. Uh, I want to thank you for joining. Uh, This is going to be episode five. If you want to go back and listen to the others first, you can. But if not, go ahead and uh, keep listening to this one. Um, In the last episode, um, I really dug into the foundation of forgiveness and how it is just everything that we have that, that we are built on as believers in Christ it is it is the foundation of the gospel forgiveness of sins through repentance through repentance is the foundation of our of of what we are built on um, as as believers I mean obviously Christ is the foundation of our faith he is Lord he is God he is the one that that we are following but i mean as far as what we're what makes us who we are and how we can even be changed how we can even be saved forgiveness is the beginning that is the gospel message repentance for the forgiveness of sins and so i really dug into that um and went deep in it if you want to go back and listen to it um and i think i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of build on that now um I'm not going to continue in that foundation of forgiveness, but I'm going to build upon that now of what I think is is really important to understand and and get into the truth that that makes us free. And so the two thing, the two major things I want to talk about today um, are grace and righteousness. And um, so these are are two incredibly important things that are built. Um, on that foundation of, of, of forgiveness. And uh, I think they're important, important uh, subjects that I want to dig into. Um, so grace, um, grace is a lot different than most people think and what uh, the word is commonly used, at, used as. That's why I, I really want to dig into these subjects and look at them biblically because the biblical meaning and definition is a lot different than than the daily usage of these words that we have and I so I think it's really important so the two things I want to get into are grace and righteousness and grace so grace is divine empowerment that's that's the best way I like a small description of, of what grace is grace is divine empowerment um, righteousness Righteousness has righteousness has two um, distinct meanings. Righteousness has two meanings in Scripture that we can see. First off, righteousness means that we are right with God, and there's no separation. We have relationship and connection with Him. We are right with Him. Our relationship is is we're we're connected. There's no separation anymore. We're right with God now. And the second. The second usage and meaning of righteousness, um, it, and it just depends on certain contexts and everything with, with some of these words, but um, the other definition, the other usage, the meaning of righteousness is, is righteousness is what is correct, what is right, righteous, what is right according to God's standard. Basically, righteousness is the opposite of sin. And so... The Bible has a bunch of, you know, comparisons of righteous versus sinners, and so so on and so forth. 
And so that's what I want to dig into is these subjects. And so um, grace, like I said, is, is divine empowerment. Grace is not enablement of, of sinful behavior. Grace, true biblical grace, empowers righteousness. You will see this laced throughout all scripture. Grace transforms. Grace is empowerment, divine empowerment, not through works, through a gift. Grace is divine empowerment and the ability to be changed. True biblical grace empowers righteousness. And as believers, we are to empower people to walk in truth. We are to empower righteousness. We are not to enable people in their sinful behavior. That is not grace. That is not biblical grace at all. And so that's the basic kind of idea of grace that I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to dig deeper into. Um, righteousness, you know, the two meanings and applications I already said, right with God, no separation from Him. And the second being what is right according to God's standard, the opposite of sin. And, you know, righteousness Righteousness will produce its fruit to holiness, which I'll dig into. That's in Romans 6. Um, so, yeah, righteousness, when we see that we are right with God and we live out of that identity of righteousness, it will produce the fruit of righteousness, which is going to be holy fruit. It's going to look like God, like His likeness. It's going to look like his likeness. That's a weird phrase. Um, and it's going to look like the image he made us in. And so, um, first scripture I want to read about this. These, these tie together pretty well is why I wanted to talk about both instead of just focusing on one in this episode. So, 2 Corinthians 5.21. I'm going to read this to start off. So it says, it says, God, he, he made him, Jesus, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus, who had no sin, never committed sin, became sin, wore sin, the weight of sin, the sacrifice became the sacrifice of sin, became sin itself on our behalf and died and destroyed it and killed it and destroyed its power so that we, those that follow him, might become the righteousness of God in Jesus. And so this shows there's so much oh, there's so much goodness in this. You could you could preach forever on just this one verse, um, but one comparison, like I was saying, how sin is the opposite of righteousness. That's what this verse shows because it says it says he became sin that we might become what the opposite of it, the righteousness of God. Another thing I want to point out about that is become the righteousness of God, meaning. If we become that through what he did, through our faith in him, through our salvation, we have 
a we have an identity of righteousness it's not it's not just it's not works it's not merely external works it's an in, in, an internal transformation it is becoming righteous who you are to the core from internally from the inside out um, and again this this reality is because of his grace on the foundation his forgiveness that is released that grace empowers us now and built on that is a righteous identity a righteous being that we we didn't earn it or do anything to deserve it but he through his forgiveness his release of grace and his transforming us through that into his righteousness giving us a brand new identity it's amazing another verse i want to read is um, Isaiah 56 the first couple verses in that it says thus says the Lord preserve justice and do righteousness for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed how blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who takes hold of it who keeps from profaning the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil and that's really awesome the reason I wanted to mention that one is to show that other aspect of righteousness that is fruit that is um, not just being right with God but living and doing the things that are the opposite of sin so there are actions with that the opposite of sin being righteousness so he said do righteousness so there is a fruit and a lifestyle of one who is righteous and right with God um, and so his righteousness to be revealed that's you know prophecy of of uh, his righteousness being revealed through Christ um, and then at the very end he says you know blesses man who does this who believes this and follows this and produces righteousness through his salvation and through his righteousness revealed through being right with God and says who keeps his hand from doing any evil so that shows the grace released transforms the righteousness built on that foundation of forgiveness empowered through grace it actually empowers us and produces holiness and produces the the through grace through his power the ability to walk out righteousness and keep your hand from doing any evil that is wow that's amazing so that's what it produces so i just wanted to point that out so that you see the the other aspect of righteousness that it is um living what is right according to god's standard the opposite of sin that righteousness with god is not just being right with god in relationship but producing the likeness of god the the fruit that comes from being right with god and so righteousness will produce 
holiness. When we see ourselves clear and right with God and in that clear identity, it will produce holiness. Again, I'll get in that get into that in a little bit in Romans 6. Um, so we know the scripture says be holy. I want to dig into that a little bit. I want to look at what 1 Peter uh, says about it. Let me find this real quick. So 1 Peter 1 14, I'll start. So he says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the, Holy One, like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. I want to point out that it says, be holy. That's an identity. That's not just externally trying to do holy, holy things, like just merely externally trying your best to do what is supposed to be holy. That is being holy internally in your identity. Be holy, for God is holy. It's his identity. It's who he is. So how do you be holy? You start with identity. How do you see yourself? And how God sees you. And having that righteousness, your being right with God, on that foundation of forgiveness, like I said in the last episode, that if we would see ourselves as forgiven, like literally forgiven of everything and cleansed of all unrighteousness, we would see ourselves as righteous and it would change everything in our lives. So if we would see ourselves as God sees us and gives us permission to see ourselves and build on that, we would have an identity that is holy and would produce holiness in our lives. So, yeah. Be holy like the one who called you. Be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, everything in life. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. This is the word of God. This is, I'm not making this up. This is not heresy. This is the word of God. If we build that identity through the, the power of his grace, built on the foundation of forgiveness, through the power of His grace, believing our righteousness will produce holiness. It will produce the fruit of righteousness. You know? So amazing. You know, let's look real quick. Jesus said, make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Let's look at this. Luke 6. I think it's 43. Around that is where we'll start. Let's see. All right. So let's see what this says. Um, there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. 
The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. So he's talking about internally, you know, transformation internally. Make the tree good and his fruit will be good. There is no good tree that produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. So the focus is the tree, not the fruit. Um, and I'm trying to, there's a, maybe it's a different translation, or maybe it is a different uh, uh, account or a different teaching that he says it a little differently. Maybe it's, uh, let me check the Matthew 12. Um, Matthew twelve thirty three, where he actually says, yeah, here it, here it is. He says, he says, make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. So the fruit may reveal what the tree is, but the tree is is what is good or bad. The tree is 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 the is the problem or or the opposite of the problem. Um, couldn't think of the word, <laughs> so I'll just say the opposite of the problem. So if you make a tree good, its fruit will be good. What, what that speaks of is identity. If you see yourself as a good tree, he has made you a good tree. I just want to say, if you are a believer in Christ, you've repented of your sins, you have received his forgiveness, and you live your life to love him and follow him, you're a born-again believer. You are a good tree, regardless of what bad fruit you may have seen at times in your life. You are a good tree. He has said that you are a good tree. You are righteous in his sight. Now, if you see yourself, focus on the tree, the identity that he's given you. If you see yourself as a good tree, as righteous, and believe what God says about you, your fruit will be good. It doesn't mean you are a bad tree if you've ever produced bad fruit. You remember, you know, a bad tree can't produce good fruit. But if you're a believer, there's there's fruit. There will be fruit. <clears throat> um, but anyway, the identity is what I want to focus on. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. And we we must put on. We must put on that breastplate of righteousness, like Paul talks about in Ephesians 6, the whole, the whole armor of God. Um, I'm not talking about all those pieces right now. I'm focusing in on this one subject, obviously. But the breastplate of righteousness, we have to wear that. We have to wear that we are right with God. He has transformed us. His forgiveness has erased sin and has freed us from the prison. And His grace empowers us, transforms, empowers righteousness, and has made us right with God, and has made our hearts pure, um, has changed us, has made us a new creation. That we have been risen in the likeness of Christ. We died to the old man. We, the fall of man is erased, and we have risen with Christ into newness of life. And so we must believe that. We must put on that breastplate of righteousness and have confidence in who God says we are.
and be defined by Him alone and not be defined by our past, by any sins that we've committed, not by our own thinking, not by the enemy's lies, not by what people say. We must be defined by what God says alone. We have to. We have to be. Nothing else can define us. It, James 1 describes the Word of God as being a mirror, the only mirror that, that will reveal your identity. And if we go away and forget what the Word says, who the Word says we are, we're like a man looking in a mirror, going away and forgetting what we looked like. That's what happens if we don't believe and live out what the Bible says about us. We're actually looking in the mirror when we look at the Word of God, seeing our true identity, walking away and forgetting who we are. The Bible is the mirror. The Word of God is a mirror to show you who you truly are. So the only thing that can really define you truthfully is God. We must not be defined by anything else, not even our own thoughts. God's thoughts are so high above the way people think, the thoughts of man. Why would you submit to any thought that isn't God's? And so what he says goes. What he says should be your identity and how you define yourself. So now, now I'm going to dig into Romans 6. This is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. And I'm going to read all the way up to probably verse 15. I'll, I'll see. So let's dig into this. I'm not going to go like crazy, crazy deep. There's so much here. Um, but let's, let's dig into Romans 6. So to bring you up to speed, Romans 5 talks about the fall of man. It talks about how Adam's sin, you know, resulted in death and destruction and, you know, the, the effects of the fall of man on all mankind. And then it talks about the act of Jesus and how it overcomes that and how his resurrection is greater than, than what Adam did. And actually, this ties in greatly with, with grace. This, that's why I'm digging into this, because um, this is grace and righteousness and everything that, we, that we've been talking about. And so, I'll, I'll just read the very end of 5 to make sure that you're up to speed. Um, so, as through one transgression, verse 18 of chapter 5, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so... Through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. So there again, righteousness is the opposite of, of sin. Uh, what Adam did versus what Jesus did. Um, there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The law came in so that the transgression, the transgression would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Whoa, that's good stuff. Hmm. So that, so grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? 
may it never be. How, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer has master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. It was done. He died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves, see yourselves this way. Even so, consider yourselves yourselves to be dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? I'm going to go a little further, and then I'm going to dig into some of this, talk about some of this. It relates so greatly. It's, It's beautiful. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Hmm. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Or another translation says, which will have its fruit 
to holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification. That's, that's the one that says uh, uh, you have your fruit to holiness, is what the New King James says. And the outcome, eternal life. For the, wages of sin and de- for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, that is a lot, and it's incredible. Um, so this touched on all the things I've been talking about, and I want to dig into that. So the first thing, he said, if, you, if we present our members or see ourselves as righteous it will prov- it will produce the fruit of righteousness so this is all about identity this is all about how you see yourself he said to see yourself consider yourselves reckon yourselves when i say these different words I- i'm referring to different translations that that i'm not making up new words or something. I'm referring to different translations. He says in verse 11, reckon yourselves, consider yourselves, see yourself as dead to sin and alive to God. And so this is about identity. And he says to present our members to righteousness. And he says that if we do this, if we see ourselves as forgiven, like I talked about the last episode, if we see ourselves as forgiven, cleansed of all unrighteousness, cleansed of all sin, like First John talks about, it'll change everything because it will produce righteousness. It'll be a tree made good in our thinking and in our life built, and the fruit will be good. It will produce holiness. So forgiveness is the foundation. Righteousness is, is a fact because of that forgiveness. And grace empowers that righteousness. And the fruit is holiness. That's the, the transformation of grace produces that holiness. So if we see ourselves, define ourselves by what God says who he says we are. We wake up every day. We wake up being a son, a forgiven, righteous, seeing ourselves as one with him. It will produce holiness. We're not, we're not, we don't wake up damned and doomed to sin. That's not what the Bible says at all. If we see ourselves righteous, the, the fruit will be righteousness. It will be holiness. He said Christ died for sin. He died to sin once for all. It was done. One time event, done. He said, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin. You're, we're supposed to see ourselves as once and for all dead to sin. That is our identity. 
and um, yeah, we are we are supposed to present ourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and we're to present our members, our bodies, as instruments of righteousness. We are the temples of God. We are God's holy temple. We are not to see His temple as unholy, unrighteous, unforgiven, and sinful and disgusting. That is not what the Bible says. We are to see ourselves the way God sees us. It is not humility to disagree with what God says. It isn't. That is a false humility. That is false humility. Humility is selfless. Humility is perfect love. The way humility is the way Christ is. But humility knows its identity. It's not proud. It's not running around parading itself. But humility knows who it is. It's just not loud about it. It's not selfish. It's not self-focused in any way. But so that uh, the other thing I wanted to, to dig into is about the grace it talks about in this scripture. It said right here in uh, in verse 14, uh, the very next one that I was on. So he said, present your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Why? The word for right here. It says for. So this is how the empowerment. This is how it's possible. You present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And then here is the conjunction, the word that combines these phrases. For, the word for. For sin shall not be master over you. Your mem present your members as instruments of righteousness to God. This is how. For sin shall not be master over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. So his grace empowers righteousness. Being under grace instead of under law, which is external and works and self-righteousness, trying to become, trying to, trying to produce fruit without being a good tree. The gospel is being a good tree that produces fruit. And so that's the power of grace in the new covenant. Grace transforms. So sin has no power because of grace. Grace is what empowers us to be instruments of righteousness for the purposes of God. And so I, I love, I love that scripture, that it is grace. Because we are under grace, sin has no dominion. It has no power. And we can be instruments of righteousness, living the truth of the gospel out, living the truth in the fruit of holiness because of His grace. Um, I think I'll, I've got one more scripture I want to mention about this. And we'll continue in this subject um, next week. And it'll be a continuation of this. Not, not just the same thing, but just continuing to build upon what we have. Um, you know, forgiveness foundation now we're now we're throwing in grace righteousness and holiness that comes because of that and i'm just going to build on that and see see where it leads us but ephesians 4 22 
through 24. So in reference to your former manner of life, oh wait, sorry, let me back up a little, okay? Verse 20, verse 21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Um, I went a little further because it just it looked, it looked good. Um, I'm going to read this in another translation as well, in the ESV. So I'm reading in the NASB, New American Standard Bible, and now I'm going to read it also in... A, in uh, English Standard Version, and uh, see where it leads us. Talk about talk about it, uh, and the beauty that it has. So in the ESV, oh, the pages. There we go. Um. Yeah. So it's talking about these people that have turned away. Um, and then it says. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off, you were, this is what you were taught, he, say, he says. You were taught to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness wow this this touches on everything basically that we've talked about in the these first five episodes talks about truth talks about righteousness talks about holiness i guess you didn't name the word grace and forgiveness but it talks about this this overall concept um and so he <clears throat> he describes the way of christ and the gospel life <clears throat> sorry my throat <clears> throat> he describes the gospel the gospel life in the way of Christ as putting off the old self. He describes it as an old self. So when you're born again, there is a transformation through repentance, receiving his forgiveness, and being born again. You're not the same person anymore. It's a conversion. You've been transformed. And so... He says, put off the old man, so it's not you anymore. You have a new identity you're supposed to embrace. He says, it is putting off the old man and putting on the new self. You know, So put off your old self, 
which belongs to your former manner of life and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So renew your mind with this truth. We must renew our mind with the truth, the truth that produces freedom. Renew your mind and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self. Wear your new identity. Stop looking at what God says, looking in the mirror, and leaving and forgetting what you look like, forgetting your identity. Put on the new self. Wear it. Wear your new identity. Stop wearing the identity of the fall of man, the identity of sin, the identity of your past. Put on the new self. And this is the new self. Created after the likeness of God. <laughs> Created after the likeness of God. In true righteousness and holiness. In the NASB it said, Put on the new self which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So the truth that makes us free, the foundation of forgiveness that frees us from the prison, the reality of righteousness that produces holiness. We are commissioned, we are commanded, we are, we are taught in the Bible by God and His chosen apostles his chosen writers of scripture by Jesus himself we are commanded we are commissioned and told to put off the old self we are told to put on the new self to see ourselves through this new identity to wear this reality the likeness of God that's been restored fall of man, we lost the likeness of God. The resurrection of Christ, we have it back. And we're to disassociate ourselves from the fall, in, the fall of man and to fully embrace ourselves and, and associate ourselves, fully embrace the resurrection of mankind. And so we, we are to lay aside the old self Put on the new self, created in the likeness of God, created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So the truth that makes us free, the truth that produces righteousness and holiness, that doesn't leave us bound, that transforms us, the grace that empowers righteousness. That's the gospel. We can put on the new self and see ourselves through his eyes and his standard, according to his standard, that we are justified and that we have been created in righteousness and holiness. And we are to wear that and we can live that. It's not external works, it's internal identity. We are right with God and it produces righteousness and holiness of the truth, built on that foundation of truth, on Christ, his forgiveness, his empowering grace, and the righteousness we have within that produces the fruit of righteousness, that produces holiness. And we can be holy as He is holy, because it says, Be holy, for I am holy. We were created 
in His likeness. We were created to be holy. That is the design of God. And it is madness that people don't believe that we can live and be what God designed us to be. That's what Jesus paid the price He paid for, is to, to, bring, to give us back what was lost. What Jesus did is far greater than what Adam did. The fall of man is not as powerful. Its effects are not as powerful as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, let's put on the new man. Let's wear the breastplate of righteousness. Let's believe God that we've been made right with Him and see the fruit of holiness produced in our life. We don't have to try to be holy. We don't have to try to do holy things. We start with identity. Every day, waking up defined by God, looking in the mirror of His words to us, what He has spoken to us, and being defined by Him. And that identity will produce a life of fruit, a life of holy fruit, a life of destiny, a life that manifests Christ, a life that manifests destiny and the likeness of God and what He designed and created us for. So Father, I lift up all of the hearers of this. I pray that this truth would rock them to the core, would transform their mind, that their minds would, that they would be re renewed in the spirit of their minds and that they would begin to see themselves through your eyes and be defined by your words, that they would know that foundation of forgiveness, that they're freed from the prison of sin, that they would build on that with the power of your grace that transforms, that has made them righteous and right with you, producing the opposite of sin, which is righteousness, the fruit being holiness and the likeness of God. So I pray, Father, over all that are listening, that you would empower them with the truth that makes them free, the truth that produces freedom, that you would make them a good tree. They are a good tree, but you would make them a good tree in their thinking and that they would see themselves and reckon themselves as dead to sin and alive to God, that they would be made a good tree in their thinking and produce the good fruit through identity, that they would be holy as you are holy, for they are created in your image. And I just declare all this, I pray in faith um, that this would start a new journey for people and would change their lives. I pray, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, and we thank you for for all that you've done for us. And we love you, we love you, we love you. Amen. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Truth Produces Freedom podcast. I hope it blessed you. I hope it spoke into your life. Um, if you want to hear any more about any of these things or you um, have any comments, anything, uh, let me know. Um, Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Like it, share it. Um, 
post it on social media it helps get it out to more people it helps the algorithm so that more people can find it and be blessed by the word of god um and uh you can find me on facebook on at jonah smith preaches and preachings and teachings uh, i'm on youtube uh, truth produces freedom podcast uh i'm on i have a wordpress blog you can find me on there as well truth for Uh, truth produces freedom podcast that'll be the name on everything except for the facebook page so thank you so much thank you thank you for listening and may god bless you i hope you have an amazing weekend or week or whatever it is when you hear whatever is in front of you uh when you hear this um and so yeah thank you